you're going to get a lot of no's, but that's okay because you're going to learn what works and what doesn't. And you'll believe in yourself. Yeah. It's just, you just got to have a conversation, tell the truth and then see what happens. And don't be mad at yourself if you don't get the sale. Like it's, it's not the end of the world. And I just think it's a commitment that you have to have that like, look, I'm going to do this. It's going to be difficult, but it's not any more difficult than me living the same life I'm going to live for the next 50 years. Like I have to do something eventually. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and we have an amazing guest with us here today. And my very first in-person interview, this is Kevin Palmieri, podcast host of Next Level University, podcast coach, all-around nice guy. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me into your beautiful home and allowing me to mess up your studio oh and to be your first in-person guest. So exciting. I'm very excited. I appreciate you. I am honored. Thank you. And I appreciate you because everything that you see here, if you're watching this on YouTube, man, this is all put together (laughs) by Kevin. So thank you. And actually inspired by Kevin as well. This beautiful pink light was your idea. Yes. It was definitely so the behind the scenes. We've been at this since 8 a.m. It's now 530 or 6. So we've put in a solid day. But I think the final product is very worth the time that we put in. So I'm so grateful to you. Thank course, you. So this is what you do. This is what you do for people. Yes. Yes. I help people take their messages and the things that they want to tell the world and let the world know about and bring that into a microphone and a YouTube channel and a podcast near you. So that's my goal. That's awesome. Thank you for what you do. Of course. And you've made such a big difference in my life and I hope you know that. I'm so I, I feel the same for you. Oh. You're, I, we always, Alan and I, the co-host of our show, we always talk about how much we love you and how excited I was to come see you and oh. how I knew it was going to be a long day, you know, filled with doing <laughs> things, but this is what lights me up. So I appreciate the opportunity to do oh, that. That's awesome. Well, you're very good at it. And Thank so you. What gave you the inspiration to do this in the first place? So you started podcasting years ago. Mm. So what sparked your interest in podcasting? Um, I was fairly lost back when I started podcasting. Mm. And Alan actually invited me to podcast on his like makeshift podcast that he had called Conversations Change Lives. Mm. And after he interviewed me, he went to the bathroom and my other friend was there. And I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. And he said, you know, you can, right? And then I went and bought the equipment three or four days later. And then I started the podcast and there was not that much information. Mm. Like this was 2017. Mm. So not super long ago, but back then there zoom wasn't a thing yet, or at least a thing that people used virtual interviews weren't really a thing. Mm. Podcasting wasn't nearly as big as it is now. So I had to figure out through failure, a lot of massive failures how to succeed. And one of the uh, the stories I tell, I was traveling for my job at the time, back in the day, and I got the dream interview that I wanted with a professional mixed martial arts fighter and a philanthropist. We were actually talking about that before. His name is Justin Wren. He's a heavyweight fighter, but he also builds water wells in pygmy villages. So he goes into pygmy villages and they build water wells so they don't have to walk miles for water. So cool. It's amazing. 
I got the opportunity to virtually interview him and I used my cell phone recorder and it was garbage and I, I just couldn't use the interview. And this was something that I was like, I almost quit. I genuinely almost quit podcasting because of that. And I sent it out to get the audio fixed. They couldn't do it. And I lost the entire episode. So I think for many people, that would have been the end of like, this isn't for me. Like, it's not meant to be. And I don't want people to to go through that. I think that we all have a unique message. We all have a unique purpose. And all of us can tell our story in a different way. And if you're not the one on the microphone, then nobody's going to be able to tell your story for you. So I try to take out the stuff that people don't like to do. This part's awesome. I'll tell you, I don't know how you do it because we had multiple points in today's <laughs> setup here where I was ready to give in. And, you know, you mentioned there that you were ready to quit, but you are the never quit kid. I am, yes. On Instagram, that's your handle. And it's the truth about you. You just don't quit. You just keep persevering. Mm. So where does that come from? That's a great question. I grew up in a broken home. My dad left when I was young. Mm. And I think that my identity became the human who could endure the most pain through. And unfortunately, I think I've probably attracted my fair share of pain into my life because of that. But looking back, I used to want to be a stuntman. And I've connected a lot of this recently. I wanted to be a stuntman. Hmm. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And I wanted to fight mixed martial arts for a living. So I've always been into like that sort of thing. Looking back, um, my cousin and I used to pretend wrestle. And he threw me into a bunch of thorn bushes one time. And like I kind of enjoyed it in a weird way. He beat me with a wiffle ball bat. I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> but I've always been the kind of person who just said like, I'm just going to deal with the pain. And I think that what I might have lacked in education or I lacked in height or I lacked in money or a future or vision, mm. I think I tried to make up with like, I will just outlast you. And that has been kind of my story. And I think, you know, we just crossed, and you know this, 720 something episodes. Alan and I have uploaded episodes in the airport. We bring all of our equipment, all the equipment we set up today, we bring on the road with us to do the episodes. I was having anxiety attacks in Florida and I literally thought I was dying like on the bathroom floor. Mm -hmm. And the next day we got up and drove six hours to interview Eddie Panero. So it's like, I might not have the intangibles that I feel, that's the way I felt. I felt like I might not have the intangibles that a lot of other people have, but I think I'm just willing to suffer more. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but it, it tends to work. Has it ever been bad? Has your yeah. willingness to just pursue despite suffering ever hurt you? If I have the lack of communication, like I don't always speak up when I'm hurting mm. and I've gotten way better at that. And that's something I'm, I'm consciously working on, but it's, I'm also one of those people who says like, I'll just shoulder the, I'll just shoulder the weight. Like it is what it is. And being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you know, I've been, I've been broke multiple Christmases and I can't afford to buy presents for my girlfriend that, um, asking her to cover rent. Like, if I don't communicate the way I feel, she doesn't know. Mm. So that's a me thing as much as it is an us thing. So yeah, it definitely can if you don't. And I think that goes for anybody out there. Like whatever your unique coping mechanism, whatever your unique superpower is, comes with a detriment. Mm. And if you don't communicate the detriment, it might only be a detriment to some people. It might They might not see the actual upside of the amazing 
superpower that you feel that you have. Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of my audience members tend to be high achieving, driven men Mm -hmm. and women who can really identify with that idea of never quitting and being the hardest working human in the room. And I think that sometimes there is a downside to that, as you're mentioning, perhaps if you're not communicating, but I think burnout is a big sequela from pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm -hmm. Has that ever affected you or have you ever felt that exhaustion where you've gone just beyond what you can do and seen the negative effects of that? The Brendan Burchard event we met you at was, that was the hardest month of my life. I was having anxiety attacks regularly during that time. Mm -hmm. So we, we were getting ready to go. We were probably a week away. I hadn't traveled on a plane in... Well, I went to London, I think a year or two before, but like, it was just so much overwhelm for me of like, okay, we're going to go stay. Alan says, we're going to go stay with our friend who's a millionaire, like a multi-millionaire. He's going to, we're going to live with him like while we're down there for the week. And it's like, okay, then we're going to fly back to Boston and then we're going to fly to Arizona for a six day event. And we're going to meet all these amazing people. And you're going to be in a room with 2,500 people and you're going to learn so much. And like, this was my first you know, dive into like that level of self-improvement. And I was having anxiety attacks the week before we went. We went to Florida. I had the night we got there, we got to Florida, we went to the gym because that's what we do. We go to the gym when we get there. Had an anxiety attack leaving the gym. Hmm. Next day, we were supposed to go see our mentor. I had another one. I went and saw our mentor. Then we flew to Massachusetts because that was our connecting flight for some reason. And then we flew to Arizona. And the whole time I was in Arizona, I, I literally couldn't breathe. Mm. And like, I, don't, I didn't know what anxiety was because I didn't know that I had it. And I remember Doc Jen Fit, Doc, Dr. Jen Esker, was doing a breathing thing and I couldn't do it because I felt like I had a string going down my throat. Mm. And it, it, uh, no, now I know it was anxiety, but then I, I literally, I thought I was dying. I didn't know what it was. So we got home and I literally spent like a week in bed because I was like, I can't function as a human being. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I had one of my nurse friends get me a pack, and I'm taking like all this stuff trying to get better. And mm. then I researched it and it was like, oh, this is anxiety. Interesting. Mm. So now, and I think this is something that I am fairly good at and I've worked at this. I try to really do 80-20. I try to work 80% of the time and I try to genuinely shut it off Hmm. for 20%. Like from 6 p.m. till 9 p.m. most nights, you'll find me with my girlfriend watching TV, Hmm. watching a movie, watching Arrow, watching YouTube TV, whatever it is, so I can get back after it the next day. But I think you can proactively avoid burnout as long as you know what burnt you out in the first place. Yeah, and listen to your body. Yeah. Because I think that's another thing that many high-achieving men and women do is we just stop listening to our body. We push through that pain. You know, there's a lot of strength in pushing through pain and there's a lot of growth that can happen, but it also can have the negative side effect of teaching you not to listen to yourself and to your body. Yeah. Uh, Lori Harder, we had her on a long time ago and she said, she said spotty 100% days are not good as consistent 80% days. Mm. So if you have 100% and then 50%, 100%, then 50%, 100%. I'm not going to do the math because I'm not in a conscious state to be able to do it. But if you do seven days of 80%, it's better than spotty 100s. Hmm. And I think that's, people tend to get on a roll yeah. and increase the workload instead of just, you know, progressively increasing. Like, yeah, it's good to do more, but 
in the attempt to, to be able to continue to do more, not to do less tomorrow or way less. And I think you have to give yourself grace too. And I think that's important. But I think people, it's like you, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Like, yes, but you can also burn the food that way and you have to throw it all away and do it all over again. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are guilty of that. And I know I am for sure. Yeah. And it's also, you get on a little bit of a high yeah. when you're doing what you love. Yeah. You know, you get into this flow and you don't want to stop. Yeah. And so that can also be addicting. Yeah. 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 So that proactive taking care of yourself, I think is very powerful. Yeah. We did a speech on um, how to fill your cup. Mm. And I, I just, I don't think that, and again, anytime I say I don't think that people blank, it's because I didn't think that what I'm about to say. Yeah. I didn't understand what filled my cup. I'd put on The Dark Knight. I love Batman. I love those movies. They're so well done. And I'd pick up my phone. I'd be scrolling on Instagram. And I then I wonder why I don't feel good in an hour and a half. Because I've been on Instagram. I haven't been mm. R&Ring. You're not giving yourself that unwind that you said you were going to do. And I know for me, you know, probably similar for you, social media doesn't necessarily fill my cup. No. There's a lot of things that I can't you know, contend with and filter out that I'm seeing that I might not want to see. There, there might be a lot of drama. So I think it's important to figure out what actually fills my cup. Is it a bath? Take a bath. Is mm -hmm. it nature? Work in a half hour a day to get out in nature. Like you can do that. It's just as important to fill your cup as it is to pour it out. It's more important because you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And, and actually your breathing analogies is the same way. You can't inhale if you've been exhaling yeah. all the time you yeah. got to take another deep breath and give yourself some That's room so to true. breathe yeah you know the other thing that i really admire about you and something that i've learned from you in such a great way and that is how you approach sales mm. and i bring that up because i think that brings up a lot of anxiety for, for business sure. owners as well sales tends to be the one area you know when you're so passionate about what you do and your business the selling part can get in your way mm. and i think that feeling of not being able to breathe is very familiar for people when they're trying to put a number or money a, towards some um, value of their product yeah. And I just love your approach. So I was wondering if you could share with us kind of how of you course. look at sales. Yeah. Again, I've learned a lot from my business partner and he's learned a lot from me. So I'm blessed that we have this great thing going on. But when I started, I'm, I'm not a natural born entrepreneur. I'm definitely, this is all learned from me. Hmm. And sales, well, I'll give you a quick story. I used to be a personal trainer at a, at a, at a private club that, paid very well. And the people who came paid like thousands and thousands of dollars. When I went there, I signed a contract that said, I will stay here for a year. If I terminate early, I will pay a thousand dollars. Okay. They tried to teach me sales and they tried to get me to sell packages. Mm -hmm. I paid them a thousand dollars to leave because that's how much I hated sales. Wow. Yeah. I hated it. Couldn't stand it. I could not stand it, but it's because they were trying to get me to sell with pain. Like, can you sell with pain? Absolutely. I think humans take action quicker with pain than they do based on pleasure. Sure. So what is an example of selling with pain? Um, this person, we need them to sign up for another 36 packages. Like talk about the fact that if they don't get their crap together, they're not going to be around to see their grandson or granddaughter. Oh, okay. So and it's like, yeah. Uh. And it's like, look, if this, por this person was 400 pounds overweight, that actually might be true. It's not. This is a middle-aged mom. Like this isn't, we're not at that. Mm. It's, it's too, it's too much. So I think I had a negative association with sales. Mm. When I go to the, I bought a car recently, the energy in the dealership is so, I don't know how to explain it. It's dark. It's heavy. It's, I don't like being there. 
but it's because there's so many people there who are just trying to sell. My philosophy on sales is this. If you believe in your product or service, if you believe in the person you're helping, all you're doing is communicating truth and value. And then you let you let everything else do the rest. So one of the ways I get clients is through free calls. Let's jump on the phone. Let's talk about your podcast. I want to know about it. I research. I do your website. I see everything. And then I ask questions. And if you bring something up that I think we can help you with, I will tell you how we can help. I say no pressure. I just know that we can help because I believe in it. And sometimes we get to the end of the call and they actually just say, how do I work with you? It's because I'm trying to deliver value. Mm. Now, in fairness, when I first started doing free calls, I was way more scarce. So I was way more attached to the outcome of I need this client. Mm. So I didn't approach it the same way that I would approach it now. And I think that we talked about this earlier. When anytime you're convincing somebody of something, Mm -hmm. you're selling. You're selling something. So if I knew there was a movie that you really would enjoy, I wouldn't have any problems selling that. Mm -hmm. If I knew there was a movie that you would hate, I would struggle to sell that. If I know you're not into violence and I'm trying to say like, there's a movie and there's this guy and his name's Rambo and he's like a war, kind of a war guy and he... And I'm like, okay, I can't say that. I can't say he goes around killing people because you don't like that. It's a love story. It's not really a love story because the person dies versus saying like Titanic, Mm. one of my favorite movies of all time, the CGI, the graphics, the scale of that movie, the fact that it's one of the highest grossing movies of all time, it's a love story on the Titanic. Like it doesn't get any better than that. Leonardo DiCaprio Kate Winslet, like amazing, amazing, amazing movie. Yeah, you've sold it already. Right, right. It's the greatest movie ever made, some have said. But I feel that way. So I just think it's, all sales is to me, is me converting energy and enthusiasm and value to you and then letting you do your thing. I don't have to, I'll send a follow-up to check, but it's like, just add value. Mm. Just add value. My favorite example to use with my clients, how long, and I always say this, how long did it take you and I to work together? Oh, yeah. You and I, it took a two years. Two years. Yeah. We met in person. You said, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. I was like, awesome. First name was going to be Catching Fire. I remember that. Yes. We fell out. <laughs> we fell out. You started coming to our, our meetups, our masterminds, whatever they were. Yeah. I messaged you one day just because I felt it. I genuinely felt it. And I said, hey, I felt like messaging you today. I hope you're doing well, whatever. And you said, hey, this is the kick in the pants I needed. I want to start my podcast. Yeah. Here we are, however many episodes later, and you and I have been working together. It's it's based on building a relationship, an actual relationship, yeah. and then nurturing an actual relationship. And when you build the relationship, the results will come eventually. Mm. As long as you focus on adding consistent value. I'm reading um, Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vee. It's a great, great book. Most people don't jab. They only throw right hooks. Buy this. Mm. I get a connection on LinkedIn. Hey, look at this. Hey, did you get a chance to look at this? Hey, what if we did it this way? It's like, I'm not interested. You didn't build a relationship. Like I, I don't even know who you are. Hey, do you have a podcast? Yes, I do. Like You can see that. Like You got to do better research than that. So if you're out there right now and you're afraid of sales, I would say a couple things. One, you don't believe in your product or service. Well, that's, you know, that I was just going to touch on. Yeah. That's absolutely so critical. Yeah. It's it's the most. Yeah. Well, two, you have a money block. 
something I've dealt with and you and I have talked about behind the scenes. Yes. I look at money way different than most people because the way I was raised, money was a love language to me. So that's a different thing. But if you take your feelings about money and put it on other people, that might block you. Yeah. Because you're afraid to say like, you know, when we get on a call and somebody says, how much is that? And I say, it's $2,500 a month. It used to be very, very difficult for me to do that. Yeah. But now it's like, it's worth, honestly, it's worth more than that. I know it is because yeah. I've priced it. So that, and maybe you just don't have the reps yet. You just don't have the, you don't have the experience of just being comfortable in conversation and then just doing it and then just letting the chips fall where they may. Are you going to get a hundred yeses? No, you're going to get a lot of no's, but that's okay because you're going to learn what works and what doesn't. And you'll believe in yourself. Yeah. It's just, you just got to have a conversation, tell the truth and then see what happens. And don't be mad at yourself if you don't get the sale. Like it's, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's really interesting because I think as a business owner and a leader of a team, mm -hmm. when you might be hiring someone to do these sales for you, all of those points are very important yeah. as well. I think sometimes we expect people to be able to sell when they don't have, number one, belief in the product, or we haven't been consciously aware that they have belief in the product, or number two, that they have this uncomfortable relationship with money. Yeah. And that's really difficult for someone to do. If they're not comfortable with the dollar sign in front of your product, they don't think that that, that value is worth the number. It's very difficult to sell. Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible because then you're, you can feel the energy. Yeah. Like you can feel when somebody is trying to help you. I was on a call last night. And I, I told you this. At the end, the lady said, hey, I just want to thank you because I thought this was going to be a sales call and you added so much value. I did talk to her about our products, but it was when she said, this is how much I'm paying. I said like, we can probably match that just so you know. And I, I know we can do it better. And she said like, thank you so much for not being salesy. It's like, I just went into add value. Yeah. I just, because that's what people want anyway. They want the value. If you add enough value, they'll find a way to work with you mm. versus trying to convince them to work with you. And then lying, cheating, or stealing to get it to happen, I think that's one of the things that, I really think that's what shifted hmm. a lot in the past, in the real internet age, really, and social media age, because now all you got to do is look at somebody's reviews, or you got to look at their testimonials, and you'll, you'll learn very quickly that some people just get clients to make money and then go do it again. Some people build relationships and get clients, and then those relationships and clients bring more. It's just a different game that a lot of people are playing. There's the analogy I use is there's like supplement companies. There's a lot of supplement companies, right? And a lot of these supplement companies are actually old supplement companies who stole everybody's money with a product or service that doesn't work and then just changed their name and did it again. Like that's so common mm. in that space. But I think human beings, a lot of human beings are like that too. And somebody who's been hurt by sales is also going to feel like they might hurt others with sales. And it's, it's just hard to deal with. Yeah. An old story you bring along with For yourself. Sure. You know, the other thing that strikes me as the business of happiness is having that happiness factor in terms of you appreciating and enjoying what you do. Mm. And if you do that, that comes across when you're speaking to somebody yeah. in terms of sales. And if you're constantly feeling negative about your profession or your job or your business that you've cultivated, that also comes across and that creates a little bit of a discomfort in that yeah. conversation. We we went somewhere today, you, I, and, and a member of the family, yeah. and 
I, and I'm always thinking of this. We asked somebody how he was doing and he said, ah, not too bad. And it's like that right there is, that's the frame of your day. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, that's most likely the frame of the majority of your life because you spend a third of your life, you know, a quarter of your life doing the job that you do. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's perspective and I think it's consistently reminding yourself, depending on what you're doing, how grateful you are for the opportunity. You know, you can obviously do something different or do something more. I used to work in hot attics. So on a day like today, I would probably be driving home from New Jersey or Delaware or Virginia or whatever. I worked out, I live down the street now from a place who does what I used to do. They do insulation. Okay. Monday morning comes and it's 6.30 and I'm leaving, headed to the podcast studio and I see these trucks barreling out of there, out of the insulation place and I know what they're going to do. I know where they're going. I've done it. Yeah. That helps me. I'm convinced that's a sign from the universe to me of like, hey, number one, you're doing the right thing. Two, like make sure as things continue growing, you don't lose sight of how mm -hmm. blessed you are because you get to do what you love every single day. And there's a lot of people out there who would trade a lot to be where you are. That's It's just important to me because again, you know, four years ago, I wasn't where I am. And I've worked very hard to get there. But I also have to work just as hard, if not harder, to stay here. I think that's an important distinction. What's going on, everybody? My name is Brandon Lowe. I am the host of the Decide and Design podcast, and I'm also part of the NLU team. I wanted to give a shout out to Kevin and Alan real quick. So when I first started working for Kevin and Alan, they asked me, what kind of skills do you have? What, what can you bring to the table? And I was honest and transparent with them. I was like, I don't have a lot of computer skills. I don't have a lot of sales skills or business skills, but I'm willing to work hard. And they decided to take a chance on me and give me a huge opportunity based off of my character. And when they did that, that really showed me what, what types of people that Kevin and Alan are. I mean, amazing guys who really have been mentoring me, coaching me, and taking me under their wing and completely changing my life. I now host a podcast. I'm on the team. I'm connecting with amazing people, and I'm becoming the man that I was truly meant to be, and it's because of these two amazing guys. I have nothing but amazing things to say about them. I love you guys. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, and if you have the chance to work with Kevin and Alan, I highly, highly recommend it. What I love about what you just said is that daily reminder part. And just as you were talking about being proactive with anxiety, proactive with taking care of yourself, mm -hmm. the same is true for, I believe, for happiness is being proactive in terms of daily reminders or yeah. daily actions or thought processes or habits that you put into your day to cultivate that happiness and that joy in the day. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, we spend so much of our time at work we better enjoy it instead of living every day for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least try to make progress towards something that is brighter. Mm. I, I just think that when I was at my lowest point and I was miserable with my job, mm. when I would come home, I would just numb. I would get high and watch movies and eat and eat pizza. And I love pizza. I had pizza last night, so I have nothing against pizza. And I have nothing against marijuana. If that's your thing, do that. But when you're numbing you're not building towards something else. Like use that discomfort, use that disappointment, use that lack of alignment as a bridge to something better. Mm. Easier said than done, absolutely. When you work a 10 hour day doing something you dislike, it's hard to get after it. Yeah. But we have to find something that'll lift you out of that, bring some motivation into your life. And then like, 
the more you're escaping, the less you're entering something else. And again, I'm the guiltiest person when it comes to this because I did this for years. But I also started podcasting with my old job. Like I started my podcast while I had my old job and then I found a way to do it. Very difficult, yes. And it took me sitting on the edge of a bed being suicidal to, to, to get there. But I had already done, I don't know, 20 or 30 episodes when I left my job. So it was already a train that was rolling. I just, find some time in your life to do what you actually love. Like just, if an alien, this is a Joe Rogan thing, if an alien landed on the planet and said to you, like, what are you doing? And you, you're getting up and you're just like wiping the sleepies out of your eyes and you're like, oh, I'm going to work. And the alien's like, oh, you, you love that. That's awesome. And you're like, no, I hate it. I hate it. But I have to go because I have this car in the driveway that I don't really like. And I have this house that I really can't afford. I can't afford it if I don't go to this job. And the, the alien would be like, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. when do you get to do what you like? And you'd say like, yeah, the weekends. But I usually don't because I'm so tired and burnt out from lack of alignment throughout the week. You know, I, and I just think of my life five years ago and that's what it was. It was the alarm would go off at 6 a.m. and it's that heavy, soul-sucking, dark, I cannot do this today. Like, how am I going to get through getting to the job site at 7 and looking at the clock and it being 7.40 and being like, oh my God, it's only been 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. Counting down the minutes to lunch, counting down the minutes to go, and then counting down the minutes to Friday. And I, I just know how heavy that is. But I also know that it's not forever unless you let it be. And there's, yes, there's different circumstances and everybody has different things going on, absolutely. And I want to make sure I, I speak to that. But there also is like 1% better you can do, whatever that is. Like stop going to Dunkin' Donuts and make coffee at home and save three bucks a day and maybe you can do something different in a year, yeah. right? Or what you know, get rid of Netflix and save 10 bucks a month and put that... There's a lot of ways to make progress, particularly now. Yeah. And I just think it's a commitment that you have to have that like, look, I'm going to do this. It's going to be difficult, but it's not any more difficult than me living the same life I'm going to live for the next 50 years. Like I have to do something eventually. I think you, you tapped on something there that many people struggle with, and that's in terms of feeling trapped. Yeah. They tell themselves stories that this is the only option mm. or that there's necessities in their life with children or bills yeah. or debts that they have, that this is the only way to go. And so what would you just say to someone who has a, a story or an excuse like that, that I have to do this? Mm -hmm. I would get clear on why you actually have that. Mm -hmm. Number one, like dig into how long have you had that type of excuse? Mm -hmm. And maybe, it, I don't want to say excuse, that type of frame, that type of story. You're, yeah. you're telling yourself some, we all are. Yeah. Right now in this moment, I'm telling myself a story of I'm doing great. Right now, that I could watch this back and be like, oh my God, that was brutal. It happens. The story I'm telling myself is I'm in a good place. I'm in a positive state. I'm with somebody I really enjoy and love. I feel loved here. I'm, I'm grateful. That's the story I'm telling myself. But I think people set goals in one of two ways. They set goals based on what they think they can get or they set goals based on what they actually want. Mm -hmm. And if you're setting goals based on what you think you can get or the minimum you need, yeah. that's what you're going to get. And you, you're probably not going to get that. You're probably not going to get the, the minimum that you actually want. This is why setting big goals is so important. It's not about getting the goal. It's about what the goal will make of you. I want to be a billionaire with a B. Not because of the money. Because what will it make of me? Like what will I have to become hmm. to get there? It's going to take 
all this, the work. It's going to take all the amazing things and relationships and philanthropy and leveling up and knowledge and all that stuff. But I want to become that type of person. Our mentor, Dave Meltzer, shout out to Dave Meltzer. He always talks about when you set a goal, that version of you already exists. It's your job to clear the corrosion. What does he mean? The limiting beliefs, the negative habits, the negative relationships, the excuses. It's your job. That thing is out there. Mm. It's your job to get rid of the junk that's holding you back from getting it. Now, here's the problem. If you say, I only want to make $2,000 more next year, or I, I, I want a marriage, or I want to be in like a little better shape. Those are all goals, and I love that. And I'm, I'm glad, appreciate you doing you, and I'm proud of you for setting those goals. But how much corrosion do you have to clear to go from the in shape you are to a little bit better? How much corrosion do you have to clear to get a decent relationship? How much corrosion do you have to clear to get a $2,000 raise? You're probably gonna get that anyway. You know, you're probably gonna get that anyway. And I think that's where the issue comes in of getting married isn't hard. Having an extraordinary relationship is. It is. Making an extra $2,000 isn't super difficult. Being financially free is. Yeah. Getting in a little bit better shape is not difficult. Having the body that you're proud of, is, it, it, it's just not easy. It takes a lot of work. But it's based on the goals that force you to clear the corrosion in your life. And if you don't have the reason to look in the proverbial mirror, you won't, you won't do it. Alan recently said to me, like, Kev, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to outgrow you. One of the hardest conversations we've ever had. Mm. Kev, I've outgrown so many people in my life, I'm afraid I'm going to outgrow you. Hardest thing I've ever heard in my life. I want to change the world with Alan. Mm. I have to clear that corrosion. Whatever that corrosion is, I have to clear that. My goals are forcing me to level up. And I just think it's one of those things of when you're on the pursuit of something, and I know I'm going off the rails, when you're on the pursuit of something, that's when you're actually the most aligned because you're growing and you're contributing. And I remember two or three years ago, broke, living with my best friend, paying $500 a month rent. He was doing real estate, chasing his dreams. He was at work one day. And I remember walking around the kitchen and for the first time in my life, I actually liked who I was. I felt valuable. It wasn't because of the money because I didn't have any of it. I didn't know what the future held. I didn't have any clients. Like nothing was really working, but I felt good about what I was doing. I felt yeah. like I was in alignment. And it's like, it's not the money, it's the feeling. And I think that's what more people are longing for. They're longing for belonging. They're longing for clarity, vision, to feel like they're on something. And I think you have to set that thing first. If you don't set a goal that forces you to grow, you probably don't have a big enough reason to grow. Because we're humans. Like, we like to take the easy road. Yeah. It just, I do too. I Amazon, I love it because it just comes to my house, you know? So I'm guilty of that too. But I can say that my goals have changed my life more than anything else because either I change enough to get my goals or I don't get them. It just, it just is that way. I'm, I'm not um, confused enough or I guess I'm too aware at this point to realize, like, this isn't going to happen on its own. I wish it would. And I try to receive as much as I can, but it's only going to happen if I make it happen. And I set the goals. So like, I want them. I, I just, I set the goals based on what I want, not what I actually think I can get, which is weird, but you'll get way further than you would have. 
Well, there's also, you have a lot of confidence in your desires. More than ever. Yeah. And I think that many people are afraid of their desires. You know, we're told that desires are bad. Yeah. You know, and what you're doing is you're listening to your desires. You're trusting how you feel. It feels good. You just mentioned feeling in alignment. Yeah. That's a feeling. And that takes being aware and in touch with your emotions. Yeah. And your core values. Yeah. For It's just... Somebody asked me, I was on a podcast yesterday or the day before, and they asked me what does contribution feel like to you? Because what I get to do is I'm in front of the camera and microphones all day, and I love that. I'm on coaching calls and speaking and all that. And I said, contribution to me means giving somebody something with no expectation of return. Mm. I remember somebody came into my life. This was actually, so an ex-girlfriend of mine and I became really good friends. Like we were best friends. And it was awesome. Like we put the relationship behind us. We were just really good friends. And I helped her a ton. And we talked about her problems and limiting beliefs. And I was just there for her, there for her, there for her. She found another guy, started dating him, and just stopped talking to me completely. Wouldn't answer my messages, gone. Okay. Multiple times that happened. And somebody said, doesn't that bother you? And I said, it did at first. But then I realized this, when you find a bird with a broken wing and you help the bird heal the wing, you can't be mad when it flies away. Like that's the point. It's not my job to hold this person. Ooh, that's a hard one to hear as a parent. I'll tell uh, yeah. You. Well, Ooh. I can't speak to that. So, yeah. you know. But true, but still true. Yeah. 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 And it's just, that's what contribution is to me. It's, mm. it's giving somebody something without any expectation of return. They say, When you do your taxes, what are your charitable contributions? Charitable is in you gave it away contributions. You're not getting it back. Like that's not why you're doing it. That's not why you're doing it. And I think it's just that giving without expectation of return that actually gets you more in the long run. It just gets you more. Dave Meltzer gives his books away. He will send you, tell him you want a book. He'll send it to you and pay for the shipping because he knows that'll come around eventually. And if it doesn't, it is what it is. At least you got a book and, and he can impact you in that way. Yeah. I think that's contribution. And he feels good about it. He does. He feels very good. He loves it. That's yeah. his jam. That's the adding to his happiness. Mm-hmm. So what does happiness mean to you? Happiness means to me being able to, and it's deeper than this because there's obviously branches, but being able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, how I want. That is happiness to me. Most of that is, and I'll preface it with this. I've done a lot of inner work over the last five years, like a lot of it. I've been to therapy every day. Alan and I are having deep talks. Tara and I are having deep talks. So um, our coaches are amazing. I have great people in my life. So I've done so much of the inner work and I am, I am. I still have my limiting beliefs. I still have certain money blocks and that. But I realize that for me, I, if I continue doing what I'm doing, if I podcast seven times a week, if I spend time with my amazing girlfriend, you know, my business partner, my friends, that I am happy. That is happiness to me is having the freedom to actually live a life that I designed and not having to, not having to respond to a boss. And again, if you have a a job, that's great. That's, that might be the right thing for you. It's just not for me. It's just not. I've, I had too many bosses who I didn't like, who didn't care about me as a human being. Mm-hmm. Happiness to me is having the freedom to live a life true to me and not have to worry about it. You know, I, it's just, I want to go get my other arm tattooed and I can because nobody can tell me not to. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you got to wear, when I was a personal trainer, they made me cover up my never quit tattoo. I had to wear a, an armband, a sweatband because I wasn't allowed to have tattoos. 
And it's like, it's never quit. It's like positive. That's a positive yeah. thing. What if I show that to the people working out? They might like that. No, we have to have, we don't, we don't allow that here. It's like, oh my goodness. But now it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. That's, that's the way you guys do your thing. For me, it's about having the freedom to be Kevin. Like, who is Kevin today? That's what Kevin's going to do. Whatever that means. And obviously, you know, more often than not, I try to choose the positive route, but I just think having the freedom to exist as a human and do what I want as a human it's just a weird level of certainty and alignment associated with that. Mm. Um, and then exponentially growing that through the podcast, through the speaking, through the clients, through my relationship. I'm the most aligned, the most clear I've ever been, and I'm grateful for that. But again, I always try to say like, yes, I say I'm living the dream. Every time we get on a call, I say I'm living the dream. There's definitely still dark nights in the dream. Yeah. It's it's still difficult, but I've tried other things and this is the thing I want to do. And I, I do believe that I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I do only expect that to continue based on what I put in. I don't expect it to just happen. I think it's a, I think happiness is a choice, yeah. but I also think it's an effort. Yeah. You have to, you have to work at it. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen by accident. One of before Facebook lives were a thing, this was back in like, I don't know, 2013, maybe 2012. I did a video and I said, you don't deserve to be happy. That was the title. And I went into it and said like, I understand that title's rough and I don't mean it in that way. But what I do mean is you deserve what you work for because that's the only thing you can really control. Like, I think you deserve to be treated like an awesome person, a thousand percent. I think intrinsically you're probably amazing. But if you spend time around toxic people, you're not going to be happy. If you continue chasing vice instead of virtue, you're not going to be that happy. If you're not into like self-improvement and growth, you're probably not going to be super happy. I think you're only as happy as you allow yourself to be and work on. And when I say you don't deserve to be happy, that's all I mean. I don't think you are going to get it by default, just like you don't deserve to be wealthy unless you do the things because not everybody wants to be. Hmm. Not everybody wants to be. You don't deserve. I think you you deserve what you work for. And I know that's that can be, you know, perceived. Hard to hear. Yeah, it can be construed as a little hardcore, and I understand that. But, you know, I had the money. I had the car. I had the girlfriend. I had the body. I had the tattoos. I had the place. I had all of that, and I was miserable. That didn't bring me happiness. Yeah. I, did I deserve to be happy with all that? I don't think so. Because I didn't work on that part of my life. That was the thing I skipped out on and just expected it to fill in itself and it never did. So I know it's hardcore. I know it can be difficult to hear. But I think maybe this is one of those episodes that it's like, yeah, that was that was heavy. But like, yeah, maybe I needed to hear that. Like, maybe I'm the type of person who assumes I just should be happy because I, I want to be. If you want to be, then you can be, but you got to do something about it, whatever that something is. Obviously, you know, we have to figure that out. Well, and the other thing I like about that statement is that it's nothing outside of you that mm. will bring you happiness. It really is intrinsic. It's yeah. it's inner work in order to find happiness. And it's your responsibility. Nobody else's. Right. It's nobody else's responsibility to bring you happiness. Yeah. It's for me, and this is this is why I talk about that so passionately passionately. For me, it was I'll be happy when. Yeah. When I get the sports car. You know, I got a job making $13 an hour as a fork truck, uh, a fork truck driver and forklift driver. And I went and bought a brand new car 
Like when I went to the dealership, it was in the front wax and there was people standing around it. It was like the best thing in the world. And then it was like, oh, nope, I didn't do it. Yeah. You know, and then I had a six-figure job. And then, no, that didn't do it. And my girlfriend was a model, literally a model. That didn't do it. And then I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go do a bodybuilding show. Like, that'll be it. And I won the bodybuilding show. Best shape of my life. Nope, didn't do it. And I was like, I'm going to get a tattoo. That'll do it. Didn't do it. And it was just, yeah. I've just chased so many shiny objects to find a, try to find that happiness that I think my realization that you can't deserve what you didn't earn. And you have to earn happiness. Hmm. I, I just, Lori Harder's podcast, Earn Your Happy. Like, I think you kind of do. I, I think you kind of do. Because yeah. if you didn't, everybody would have it. Everybody would have the body of their dreams, the bank account of their dreams, the dreams, and the relationship of their dreams if you didn't have to work for it. Interesting. But it also wouldn't be valuable. Yeah. It would just be what is. It would be status quo. And, you know, that's just not what people want. Yeah. That's really Fascinating you get me fired up. You get me fired I, know, up. I noticed. It's it's awesome. I mean, I think I think that's such a great perspective. It's really hard to hear, like you said, but it's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. And the, you know, there's another side of it as well. You can look at it as feeling like a victim, but there's a very powerful aspect of it as well because you do have control. You do have the power to do so. Yeah. If you put your intention towards it. Well, there's two. I mean, there's two things that happen with an episode like this. And full disclosure, I'm way more hardcore than I usually am today. I don't know what it is. I just think you got me in a, I'm, I'm in a very interesting place in life right now. And I think I'm trying to speak authentic, authentically and, and truthful through that. Two types of things that happen. I'm saying something that is 100% true. And you say, you know what? That guy sucks. And I become a villain and that's okay. Or you say, that's, that's exactly how I feel. Like I feel just like that. Mm. And then I become the guide. One of two things can happen. Mm. I saw something recently about Gary Vaynerchuk. And he did this video and he said, when people follow me, they either love me or they hate me. Hmm. When they spend time with me, they always love me. And he said, do you know why? The longer you spend around me, the closer you get to me, you realize that I am this guy. Yeah. I am this, this person. And like, this is just who I, I am and I aspire to be and I aspire to be more because I think that there's a lot of people saying like, there's a lot of people saying things that are easy to digest, but I don't think those things always change you. Like six minute abs just doesn't work. It sounds great. Yeah. I, I wish it did. Yeah. I wish it did, but it doesn't. It doesn't. And if I get on here and said, well, this was easy. Like this was all so easy. I just like let it happen. It's like, no, no. Now, could I let it happen more? I'm sure I'm definitely capable of re receiving in a different way that I don't. But I just think that there is no shortcut to the next level. There just, there isn't one. And your next level is different than mine and Darren's is different than mine and, and yours. But it does take you admitting to yourself, look, I'm not where I want to be. Like I'm just not where I want to be right now. And I haven't maybe been doing the things that I think will actually get me there. And I've just, maybe I'm blaming other people. Maybe I'm blaming myself or my past. Like I really want better. And if I want better, oftentimes that means I have to do better. And that's a conversation to have with you. Same. I've had that conversation. Yeah. I've had that conversation of, you know, being addicted to porn, being addicted to weed, wanting to kill myself, being in toxic relationships, being broke, making excuses, blaming other people to saying like, I'm not smart enough yet. Hmm. I'm just not smart enough to be where I want. Like, that's okay to say. I just wasn't. 
I, I'm spending time around millionaires that I don't know what they're talking about. Mm. I don't know what you're talking about with a leverage buyout. I don't know what that means. I didn't go to business school. Like, I don't know what that means. The, the best thing I ever did was admit, I'm just not smart enough yet. I'm just not good enough at speaking yet. I just don't know enough yet. That's okay. That's empowering. Mm. That's empowering as long as you use it as fuel and not an anchor. Yeah. And then having the confidence that you could get there. Yeah. That comes through action. Yeah. I'm the least, I'm the least confident person. Not anymore, Mm. but I'm, I'm not as confident as most. Genuinely. I'm just, I'm not, I just have reps in the things I want to get good at. You just never quit. I just never quit. That was it. Mm. I show up. I'm afraid. I'm, I wasn't afraid of this because I, I know you so well and I've been on shows, but like I I did a teaser clip of my first speech a while ago and I can tell when I'm talking, I'm literally like shaking and you can feel it. And I was like, oh my God, I was so afraid. I was so nervous, yeah. but I did it. I did it anyway. And my second speech was on a stage with Evan Carmichael. My second speech, I spoke on a stage with Evan Carmichael. That's crazy. Terrifying. And Eddie Panero. <laughs> And, and, and like, and we actually, we didn't speak. We interviewed somebody. We interviewed our friend who has 350,000 followers on social media. Like, uh. it was terrifying. It was terrifying. It was the scariest thing in the world. In my third speech, I got paid to be in college. I didn't go to college. I got paid to go speech, speak at one for my third. And it's like, that only happened, one, because I had hundreds of podcast episodes under my belt, which is great. But two, because when I had the opportunity to do it, I said yes. Even though you were afraid. Every time. 150 Mm. podcast episodes. The first 150, I was terrified. I'm still nervous. Mm. I'm still nervous with certain guests. But it's like, you're nervous before you go on a roller coaster, right? Like, I'm nervous before I go on a plane. Yeah. But that means you're alive. That means you're alive. Like, that means you're doing something that's currently out of your current realm of comfortable capability. That's okay. Like, that's good. That means you're stretching. That means you're growing. That means you're evolving and that means you're actually getting closer to what you want yeah and that's like that's that breakthrough of if you're afraid and you're out of your comfort zone but it's in alignment towards your dream life do that a little more just a little more you don't have to do it all at once a little more you want to be a speaker take your cell phone out two ways take your cell phone out open the voice recorder just do your first speech to yourself don't show anybody kill it with fire burn it whatever you want to do Get on your Instagram story and just talk about something you're going through. First step, easy. You want to be a speaker? Start with that. Yeah. Start a podcast, whatever. It doesn't have to be you getting on stage. It doesn't have to be you doing a Zoom live, an Instagram live, Facebook live. It doesn't have to be any of that. It can be whatever the first version of that is for you. 3%, 4% out of your comfort zone. Just a little bit. A little push, a little push is all we need sometimes. That's really great. That's really great advice. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. I could keep talking. I, I can't believe we've gone on this long. I know, we said we keep this episode. I looked at the clock minutes. and I was like, oh, we jeffed it. Man, it's so good. It's just <laughs> such good, good, good stuff. So before I ask you our final question, mm-hmm. how can my audience find you? This is such amazing information. <laughs> and to all of you out there, Next Level University podcast is exactly this is what we, you guys talk about. Yep. This is all you talk about all the time. And so this personal development, finding your alignment with who you are and with your goals. So how can people find you? Uh, I'm at Never Quit Kid, as you have said many times, on Instagram, Kevin Palmieri on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And um, for us, it's the podcast, like you said, we're seven episodes a week, Next Level University in your pocket every day for free. So you can find us on YouTube. We have all our episodes up, similar to 
uh, Taryn here has her episodes on YouTube. Um, and then just search Next Level University. We're on Apple and Spotify and Pandora and Google Podcasts, all of those places. That's that's the jam. We're trying Where to show up them. every I day. Love it. Every day. In all the places. All the places. Well, you know, before I ask you, I just want to say thank you. Of thank course. you for this whole day. Of course. Really. This yes. has been so generous of You're you. So very and thank welcome. you for this amazing episode. And even more than that, Kev, thank you so much for this friendship and mentorship i'm so grateful i feel the same for you i feel the same for you i appreciate you more than you know so my final question is if all of this were to disappear Mm -hmm. and all those incredible episodes 700 725 725 podcast episodes were to disappear Mm. what would you leave us with if you could give us one one um 30 second clip if you knew that everybody was listening mm. and you knew that this might be able to impact somebody, what would you say? I would say that your camera just died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're going to keep hammering because we have audio. Uh, I would say the biggest difference between the person you are and the person you want to be is your habits. If you can make evolving, fear chasing, communicating difficult truths and being honest with yourself, habits, your life will look completely different in a year, five years, or 10 years. Mm. It's just that's doing the hard thing makes your life easier eventually. It, it just does. Mm. If you always take the easy road now, your life will be a lot harder for a lot longer because you're not doing the things that you need to do. What you need to do is usually more difficult than what you want to do, mm. right? More often than not. Mm. And you and I, it would have been very easy not to do this episode. Yes. To go wherever we're going to go. Like it would have I been, was close. Right? It would have been very easy. <laughs> but we did it and I'm glad mm. we did because this forced both of us to grow. Yeah. And we will have a result different in the future because of the effort we put in today. So that's what I would say. Make all of those things a habit. We all have habits. All of us. If you're listening to a podcast, that's a habit. If you stop for coffee in the morning and, a, and you get a donut, that's a habit. Mm. Take your not so aligned habits and just start moving them a little bit more into alignment. And your life can change pretty quickly and pretty drastically with some small changes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being you. You're very welcome. And thank you to all of you for listening to this episode. And I'm so excited for you to meet and to know Kevin Palmieri. And please check him out on Next Level University. It wouldn't be. Uh, we jeffed the camera. So <laughs> something always goes wrong. That's that last bit of advice I would give. Something always goes wrong. Don't be afraid to fail forward. The camera shut off. And we're still going to hammer it because that's what happens sometimes. Amazing. And as always, please remember that it's only when you feel good that you can do good. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.